we're glad to see each of you and uh, starting a new study. So I want to encourage you if you like to use the book along with the study, because uh, I often depart from it, uh, but because uh, that's the whole idea to add to it. But uh, I, this is this is actually. Uh, been known for a period of time uh, as a classic. It was written originally um, uh, you know, 1979. So, uh, um, so this book has been around and has been a great help to many people. And so I highly recommend it. I'm, I think it'll be a. It actually builds, and you'll see today that it builds on our last study in an incredible way. And, um, and so we'll keep that in mind. It's interesting, very possibly in a few weeks, the author will be attending a service here at the church. <laughs> so you might get to meet him. So um, as you know, he's on VCY on a regular basis. Uh, but uh, it so happens that his nephew is in our church and just is becoming a member of our church. So um, anyway... So they're going to be getting together, and he'll he'll be here. I got to meet him a while back, and uh, so uh, it'll be good. All right, well, let's have a word of prayer, and we will get started. Lord, I pray that you'll bless our study together today. Thank you for the privilege of uh, addressing every part of our life by the Word of God, and I pray that you will give us a real sense of um, encouragement because we all do battle this matter of habits, and I pray that you'll guide and direct in our perspective even today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, uh, habits. Are habits good or bad? <laughs> I thought I'd get a response. The right answer is both. Both. Okay. Uh, God has given us that ability uh, to do things uh, without having to constantly be making choices. If you had to go through an instruction book every time you tied your shoe, uh, we'd be in trouble, okay? Uh, and, yeah, for those of you that need that, you just get slip-ons, I realize, but you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of things we do uh, habitually, which is really good. And uh, then there are the character habits that are a great help such as getting up in the morning, and you all did that. Congratulations. I'm telling you, this is quite the group. You got up early to be here at 9, 9.15. But anyway, uh, and there's just so many aspects of developing a routine that becomes the backbone for a successful life. So like anything, there's the good part of how God created us, and then there's the fallen nature and Satan that takes advantage of it. And so you see the sin habits, and that's, of course, what he's referring to here. Uh, it, is, uh, uh, it is something that is a reality for everyone. Now, anyone here um, has, everyone here has habits that you'd like to get rid of. You see, when you don't have the good habit you need, you've got a bad habit that's keeping you from the good habit. Okay, I don't need to get complicated here. Uh, but anything, if you're not really doing well with your prayer time, then you have a bad habit of not have, depending upon yourself to go into a day, right? And so you've got habits you've got to break. Um, and so it's not just 
terrible addictions, though those can be a real issue. It can be giving in to what is less important and forfeiting that which is more important. And these are habits that oftentimes are the toughest and discourage us the most. Think about it. Aren't there a lot of things you wish you could just regularly get done? Don't you wish you could uh, study and read more? Don't you wish you could have more impact in people's lives? And there's a lot of things that you've made decisions about. In fact, um, uh, one of the emphases in the book is that decisions aren't decisions are important, but that doesn't necessarily break the habit. When your decision to change is not enough, now oftentimes it can be by faith, but um, and so we're dealing with many different angles of our life, and uh, and so uh, I trust this will be a help to you, and we want to try to be able to apply it as as widely as it should be applied. The question addressed in the first chapter is why so much temptation? And as the subtitle says, as long as we're in this mortal body until we're glorified, we are going to face temptation. Okay. So this book, of course, is dealing with the wrong, stubborn habits that really bring people down. Uh, but that is going to be something that you face uh, throughout this existence. The good news is when you're glorified, you won't have that problem. You'll be able to obey the Lord completely, immediately, uh, and do it right. And that, won't that be a blessing? That will be a blessing. But you know, God has uh, a, a plan for us now of that kind of victory. You know, if you're just waiting for heaven, you're missing the point. Uh, God's salvation is shown as more glorious in this day before uh, the... Uh, uh, the opportunity for us to be glorified after we die or the rapture. I mean, now we're able to show forth the power of the Holy Spirit. We're able to show forth the working of Christ in us. We're able to show forth uh, the fact that we are no longer the old man. We are a new man. We're a new creature. Creature. Things have changed. And so it's a wonderful opportunity for us to show forth the victory that Christ has given to us. And, uh, and so uh, we need to understand that this is part of the existence now. The question is, why can't I overcome this? Why does it continue to be there? And frankly, some of the things that he brings up at the beginning, I'm, he doesn't say this, but I find that people blame God for their problems. That there is a bitterness that comes in on these areas that he brings up. I've dealt with that recently. And, uh, and so, first of all, why doesn't he just remove Satan? You know, um, I mean, Satan is behind much of the temptation. Where did the original temptation come from? It came from Satan himself. And, uh, and throughout history, we know that Satan directly attacks. He primarily attacks through this organized cultural system that he has that blinds people and all of that. And so if he was banned, wouldn't it be a lot better? Well, we get into some deeper aspects of theology here, but we need to understand that this matter of you being a moral free agent is a big deal. You are made in the image of God. You hear me say that all the time. But that's an important thing to understand. 
you actually have a personality and a being that is God-like, not in its power or its perfection, but in the personality part. Your mind, will, mainly, and emotions, all of those mirror who God is. And so God so made us, and again, this is incredible, but God so made us that he delights in communication with us. That our relationship to him means something. It meant so much he died on the cross so we could have it. That proves it. You know, sometimes, oh, little old me, you know. No, no, you're important to God. And so this matter of an actual will is all part of the depth of how we're created and goes down to the fellowship that we have with God. And so Satan, uh, God has allowed in his wisdom, and I can't give all the answers, but God in his wisdom has allowed Satan and this world to be here because it is a constant test of our will. We're not robots, folks. That's why I oppose any Christian theology that leads to fatalism. It destroys the whole uh, depth of being created in the image of God. We have a vital, real, genuine, dynamic relationship with God. And our decisions of the will do make a difference. God did not create sin. Man fell to sin. And we are responsible for our decisions. I won't get off on that theology any further, but uh, I just want to say that strongly. So uh, God uh, allows Satan. Uh, and so the question is, well, if Satan was gone, it'd sure be a lot easier. Oh, yes, it would. But um, God knows exactly what he's doing. Also, another thing people get upset about is, uh, you know, if my passions just you know, wouldn't uh, be so strong. You know, a person is enticed when he's drawn away of his, I mean, uh, of his own lust and enticed, James chapter 1, verse 14. And, um, but folks, God created us all with the passions that we have, and when they're under the control of the Spirit of God, they are, they are good. Now, you say, well, I just wish I didn't get so hungry so I wouldn't eat so much. Um, let me just say, I say this carefully with what I'm doing, going through with my mother-in-law right now, it's a good thing to have the impulse to eat, okay? It really is, and you all, many of you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so be thankful. In fact, at Thanksgiving, it's great to have an appetite. And, you know, and we will have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus ate in his resurrected body. So um, uh, God created us that way. Fellowship is important. And, and so for us to think that, uh, uh, oh, if God could just take away my hunger in the matter of desire and uh, the whole matter of the sexual desire, no, that you don't want that to go away. Uh, I mean, it, you wouldn't be who you are, and there's so many facets uh, to that or, or whatever habit you want to have. But people just say, well, they almost say that, uh, you know, like Paul was saying, I do that which I... I don't want to do, and I, and I don't do what I ought to do there, and basically is Romans chapter 7. Uh, but he's not, uh, he's not disputing how God has created us. He's just telling the reality of it. And so remember, folks, our passions are just, they are, 
under the control of God, they're good. Under the control of sin, they're warped. Okay? Let's don't get bitter with God about that. Another one, what about rearranged schedules? If I just hadn't seen that, if I hadn't been around that person, if I hadn't had to be in that situation, if Bathsheba had just not been uh, uh, bathing, then David wouldn't have had that problem. Well, the fact was, that's what happened at that point. And God allowed it, and it wasn't God's fault. David sinned. Achan saw the Babylonian garment. Maybe it, it, if it wasn't there, maybe he wouldn't have sinned. I'm sure there were garments in every tent, yeah, or every dwelling, and they weren't in tents there. <clears throat> but um, there in Jericho. And, um, and so uh, uh, I think it's important for us to, uh, to realize that uh, we live, and this is very important, we live in a sin-cursed earth. And I have to counsel and deal with a lot of circumstances that I wish never had to come into people's lives, that they did not of themselves initiate. And right now, many of you could come up with things that, oh, I wish that hadn't come across my path. I wish I hadn't been in those circumstances. I wish I hadn't been uh, subjected to that. And absolutely, we wish you hadn't. But again, I want to remind you, we live in a sin-cursed earth and there is a very real devil endeavoring to destroy our lives. And, um, and all around us is sin. You can't walk out the door without seeing things today. You know, it's just the, the world in which we live. But God, um, God is good. He is with us. And even these things we wish wouldn't happen. See, what happens is, well, the devil made me do it. Um, no, he did not. You did it. I did it. He may have tempted you, but he didn't make you do it. By the way, when you're a Christian, Satan's head has been crushed, and you are in Christ who is far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. You have power and authority. Um, I, I just, uh, I just, you know, I just have, I have a unique passion, a unique predisposition. You know, some people are sensitive and they have certain temptations and some people have other issues. Uh, they may have some emotional predispositions genetically. Um, God knows all of that, but people get bitter against God for that. And then the matter of that came across my path. I saw that. By the way, that's a good reason not to be too heavily into social media. Don't place yourself in reading stuff that won't help you. Everybody listening to me? Okay. Uh, honestly, uh, it's one thing to have something that you didn't go, you know, uh, it just came. It's another thing to be seeking, because I'm telling you, there's so much gossip, there is so much exaggeration, there is so much negative attitudes. It's just incredible. And so what you do is you subject yourself to the potential for temptation by almost mindlessly sometimes um, surfing the net or going on social media. I can't tell you how important it is to have some very strong lines that you draw. And you will find, you know, you have enough time to spend time with God. 
you have enough time to do what you need to do, uh, especially in our modern world. You know, we say we're so busy. Shut down the technology to whatever is necessary. And it's a great form of communication. It can be used very appropriately, but it needs to be strong lines. And you really ought to be accountable to somebody else. That's not my message today, but I think it's appropriate. Okay. So don't put yourself in the place of temptation. Now, this is thought-provoking, and I appreciate the author starting us off uh, this way. Some of the reasons for temptation. First of all, the matter of a test of loyalty. In the garden, was that or was that not a test of loyalty to God and his word? Um, all kinds of tests and trials come our way. Now, Abraham, was, it wasn't a test because he put himself in it, but God called on him to sacrifice his son on Mount Moriah, which is a glorious picture of Christ who died on Mount Moriah for us. And it was going to reveal what really was in the heart of Abraham. And you know, after he passed the test and God stopped him from obeying, which would have gone against everything in him. He says, now I know that you love me. Now I know who's first in your life. And um, God does not author temptation, but God allows temptations just in the natural course of life to be tests of our loyalty to him. And if you can look at it that way, uh, what about Joseph when Potiphar's wife came after him? Uh, he made it very clear. Why wasn't he going to do it? Because he would sin against whom, first and foremost? Against his God. And God clearly blessed him for that. Now, may I say this carefully? The temptations that you have the habits that you have from the past, what, however they started, whatever the reasons, they can turn into a great opportunity. We're going to see that in the next couple of points for you to grow. And Satan can be overcome by your continually taking steps to obtain victory in those areas instead of feeling hopeless in those areas. It's an opportunity for you to show that you love God above all else. To show that we do have the resources. Walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Those things are real. And um, and so uh, look at it this way. As you're dealing with your habit, as you take the right steps, as we're going to be working on this for the next few weeks, this is an opportunity for you to show that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. That you are going to respond right and that you are going to believe that God is going to help you. Uh, and so that helps. Also... Um, not only is it uh, a test of loyalty, but it is uh, God wants to transform us. 
Now, let's do a little review. What are we to do when we fall into diverse temptations? Moan, groan, and feel hopeless? No, we're to count it all, reckon it all what? Joy. Why? Because God's going to work patience in you. That's enduring faith so that you can be transformed into a perfect uh, 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 believer uh, showing forth the image of Christ. And we looked at many different angles of how God brings us to a place of real need in which we know we need our God and we turn to Him and we put aside the distractions of life because uh, that trial forces us into that relationship. And through it, what does He do? He does for us in the area of understanding Himself and growing us and developing our spiritual character, all these things. He does for us what could not be done were it not for the trial. Well, um, you know, the words for trial and temptations are the same many times in, in Scripture. Is temptation a trial? To stick with a habit that's wrong? Sure. But I, let me just tell you, we don't joy in a sin, but we do need to understand that God will, when you seek Him, and as you overcome a habit, He will change you in other areas too. If you focus only on getting over the temptation, you're going to struggle. If you look at the bigger picture as to why I have that habit and understand how God is dealing with you and have a trust in Him and a joy that He cares about you, you will grow even through Satan's attack on you. Now, that's a marvelous thought, folks. Okay? Satan attacks... Let me just give you... An illustration. The Lord Jesus. Was he ever tempted? He was tempted in all points, like we are yet without sin. Look at the uh, being in the wilderness with the wild beasts, 40 days not eating. Satan tested him. Out of that came a great victory. Satan thought he won the victory on the cross. Was it a real trial for the Lord? Well, obviously, but the Garden of Gethsemane proves it where he sweat great drops of blood. I mean, he had to, in his human uh, humanity, say, yes, not my will but thine be done. And uh, Satan thought he had won the victory, and he actually totally crushed himself, and, and the victory for the souls of mankind was won. That's what God does if you will look to him when it comes to temptation. Satan thinks he's got you down for the count and God's ready to turn him away and show you how powerful he is. Folks, what happens is we feel sorry for ourselves when we have habits that aren't right because they're not good for us and we, it does hurt our relationship with God. All of those things are real. But then Satan comes along and just wants to make us feel like a rat. Well, you know, in our flesh, we are depraved, okay? But we need to understand that, that God wants uh, to help us to realize it's not about us. It's not about us feeling good. It's not about us having good habits. It's not about us being productive. It's not about us being a sterling Christian and feeling good about it. No, it's about glorifying God. And so as we look at some of these trials that we face, some of you had these put into you when you were younger. 
These are some issues that you're having to deal with. Don't you think God can turn Satan on his head? Don't you think he can actually take this and uh, transform you and your character and your whole perspective on life? Don't you think you're going to be able to learn about how powerful he is? Listen, get encouraged. The very thing you aren't happy about in your life, and it's good that you're not happy about it, God's ready to do something real special for you. Everybody listening to me on this one? This is big. Attitude means everything. That's why I appreciate this first chapter. It's exactly right. Uh, you know, some people just feel worthless. People just knew some of the habits I had. And yes, it's not good. But God knows. He loves you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Turn to Him. And I'm telling you, He will take that very problem and teach you about Himself. He'll take that very problem and show you what he can do. He'll take that very problem and form character in you you haven't had before. He will not win if you walk by faith and will stay humble and open. And then um, the third thing he mentions is grace for our weakness. That's a wonderful thing about trials as we talked about trials in general, that we experience the grace, the involvement of God that we don't deserve because of Christ. And um, grace much more abounds. Romans chapter 5, 20 says, of course, you go into chapter 6, and it says, should we sin because grace abounds? And what's the answer there? God forbid. And we have the great victory chapter, and the fact we're identified with Christ. But the fact is, when you have a need, God's got enough grace. And I tell you, folks, we don't, this is always a tricky balance here. We obviously want victory and do not want to have to have grace, as chapter 6 says, to, to overcome the problem that we have. But on the other hand, because we have a problem, you will be able to experience God's grace. Didn't you experience it at salvation? And are you not still being saved, not for eternity, but saved from sin in your life? You see, if you will not let yourself just be overwhelmed by your, uh, de the continual defeats, but instead realize, yes, I've got this, but I can actually be transformed and I can experience the grace of God for when I am weak, God can make me strong. And I'm not going to let this destroy me, I'm going to let this make me because I am not going to put up with this stubborn habit and I'm going to stay honest and open and I am not going to feel helpless and I am going to realize that God can use this in a great way. And oftentimes some of these deliverances are a life message that God can use in your life to help many other people. How you've been tried and tested uh, you can help those that go through it the same way. And so uh, we need to stop looking at ourselves. You can't reform yourself. Now, unsaved people can reform and can overcome habits. You know, you get rid of a wrong habit by starting the right habit. All these things will be talked about. But to truly be free takes the transforming grace of God and praise the Lord, you're going to get to see it. So anticipate 
the greatness of your God, anticipate his, his wonderful working in your life, and, uh, and realize that God is going to overcome Satan and help you know more about yourself in light of Scripture and the truths that apply, and you are going to be able to grow and grow and grow if you will not allow yourself to get discouraged, but instead uh, realize that I don't care how stubborn the habit is, God's going to not only deliver me, but He's going to develop me through it. Now, people with a stubborn habit have a hard time believing that. So I want you to process that this week, okay? Because it's true. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Now, we don't want sin to abound. That's not the point of that. But God delights in giving grace. That's what salvation was all about. So as we look at uh, breaking a stubborn habit, it's not going to be, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. No, God, I am totally open to you, and I'm going to believe that you're going to change me. Listen, every stubborn habit comes from a deeper issue. And isn't it great to get the deeper issue dealt with? That's the point. You're going to learn. You're going to grow. You're going to, you're going to have a totally strengthened perspective on who God is and what God can do in your life. What a great God we have. What a great salvation you have, folks. And I just want you to, to realize that don't get upset with God. I had somebody tell me just the other day, I have cried out to God, and he just has not uh, taken away my temptation. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I said to the person as we go through the book. <laughs> Come for the next episodes, <laughs> okay? Uh, by the way, let me mention quickly, I do want to encourage you in a couple weeks, we do have the Victory Conference. We won't have face-to-face -face that morning. But I do encourage you, if you can be here for those sessions of the Victory Conference, they are a great help. Those truths are the truths that, frankly, will make the difference in your life. And I want to encourage you uh, to do that. And uh, be praying as we have the Renew Purity series. We're zeroing in on getting this thing able to be used by in a few months, and we're going to be having it tested in just uh, uh, by several churches here coming up at the third episode will be shown in its completion, Lord willing, um, on the afternoon session of Thursday. But the thing that is thrilling about this uh, series, we obviously have made it for men, but women can also see it, and the final five sessions are everything you need to know how to have victory. I, I, I saw one of the sessions the other day again. I just almost cried through it. It was just so good. <laughs> And so we're excited. Appreciate your prayer about that. But uh, the ladies and the men will get to see that third session on, uh, on needing to be uh, not hide, but deal with things. And it's a convicting session. I warn you, if you don't want to be convicted, don't come. Uh, so, uh, but if you're willing to be convicted, I think uh, you would be thankful for it. So, but I would encourage you to be at the conference. We are really excited about it. All right. Well, I'll let you get into this first discussion on habits here.